Rebellions are built on hope. And welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Alberto Calderon, with no Oti today, but that's fine. We're joined by a good friend, co-host of the 50 Minute Podcast, is Andres Alvarez. Andres, how are you doing today on this Star Wars Saturday, as we like to call them? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well also. We were talking a little bit before we started. All looking forward to the weekend. It's been... Busy weeks all around, work, extracurricular activities and all that. But man, Andor, Andor is keeping us during the week. Is that the little jolt that we need during the week, right? Yes, absolutely. I'm actually really, um, and you know, we'll we'll definitely get into it when we get yeah. into the show. But I find myself accidentally seeing the latest episode like th- three to five times a week. And <laughs> yeah, I just keep coming back to it. Yeah, it's. I think, and I... For Star Wars shows, for some reason, after the season is over, I don't go back and rewatch them for some reason. I think this is the first one that if I say, oh, you know what? I'm going to rewatch the whole thing, not just one episode here and there. I think you got to do the whole season all over because it's just been on point since the beginning. Absolutely. All right. Let's, before we start, as always, let me check with our friend Mo. What's up, hey, Mo? Mo? She was here last week as our guest. Great insight as always, and it's always great to see her in the chat. All right, guys, you know what's next. A little bit of housekeeping. If you're watching this now, thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of the new episodes as they drop every Saturday at 5. Comment down below if you're watching this later, and let us know in the comments. And Subscribe, hit that thumbs up button, all that fun stuff. You know, if you're watching YouTube, you know what, what the deal is. Uh, just a few other things. If you're watching, again, as always, make sure to help out the Amidala Initiative for Equality Texas. Very important. Midterms are coming up in two weeks everywhere around the country. Here in Florida, also very important. National Network of Abortion Funds for Under What Choice Fundraiser. And of course, you, you can help out in Puerto Rico. There's a bunch of links. Some are running down there. And at the description of this video, you can find links to all those websites and fundraisers. Um, spread the voice. Sign up to vote, sign up with other people, and make sure you vote because that's how change happens, and it's very important right now. All right, so Andres, I think let's, let's not win anymore. If you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. Let's talk Star Wars and the Andor Files. And my computer is not working. Here we go. And the Andor Files. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Has he? Has he had has to fight? Yeah, I know. Oti makes sure to ask during every episode, has he? Because he wasn't six when Marda took him. It doesn't matter. Marda, Mira, I forget. There's too many names right now. But, you know, I I am curious if, like, maybe he considers, because there's been a lot of good conversation online as far as, Mm -hmm. like, the Republic already being, like, same, you know, same flavor of ice cream, just a different (laughs) label on it. Yeah. Um, So I wonder if that'll be like a later reveal of like him coming maybe across a file while he's doing his work and realizing like that's what they were mining or that's what destroyed Kanari. Yeah, right. Because 
Canary was in the best shape when we saw it at the beginning of the season. Like they have already been mining there. So maybe he's talking about even before he was in the fight, like the Republic, the Empire, whatever it was at that point, was already there and he had to fight at that point. So maybe, maybe he's right and we're all wrong. But Andres, as I ask all my guests when they come here first for a new show, just give me overall, have you been your feelings for the season so far of Andor? And then your overall thoughts on episode seven before we move into more specifics of the episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Andor has basically been uh, just one of my dreams come true as far mm -hmm. as what I want to see from Star Wars. Like, you know, Cynthia's Star Wars and politics yeah. and all the films and shows that we've gotten before kind of make references to it. Like it's there. There's sure. there are political elements, but um, Andor is really that first show and you know with Mon Mothma and, and Luthen in the mix like that is really taking the time to talk about hey how do you fund a rebellion what does rebellion actually mean like it, it's protesting is a part of it but like there is also a point where you know uh, you, you have to steal payroll information yeah. you know where the spies are you you know you need to poke around and it's it's been really nice to see that and like to see each episode where they're leaning more and more into it um, has really gotten me excited because I was I was also afraid that like they would put Mon Mothma maybe in like one or two arcs and be like yeah. okay yeah politics are happening <laughs> and then go back to like look at Andor blowing <laughs> stuff up so it's nice that they're doing both mm -hmm. um, for the latest episode I I uh, argued in um, in my review like you could have probably taken the first two arcs and made them into a crawl. I'm not saying that that's the best move. I'm just yeah. saying if you just showed me episode seven as the beginning and it's like the crawl tells me that the Aldani heist happened um, and then you just pan down and start showing everyone kind of reacting to it, mm -hmm. um, that would have easily fit. Like I would have believed it if that was a movie or something. Um, so I, I love it. To me, it feels like the core of Star Wars and just like what all of these characters who we already know where they're going to end, like Mon Mothma will one day become a rebel general, yeah. but like... I loved seeing her feathers get ruffled um, and thinking <laughs> that she was just, you know, hey, I thought we were just going to make Black Lives Matter stickers. And like Luthen's like, uh, no, no. <laughs> that was that was part of it. But like that was definitely not the opening move that we were hoping for. Yeah, I I agree. I, even though I love the first six episodes, I by the end of episode six or coming into it, I was kind of worried that these three episode arc kind of this format was kind of might get old and we'll see with the final five episodes because it's okay, especially the second arc, the Aldani arc, like the first two episodes is a lot of setup. And I don't mind it because the writing was great, the conversations, everything worked, but you're like, okay, let's get to the finale of that arc. It's a little bit more action, but still it moves the story forward with all the characters. And it will have kind of parallel and you hope kind of telling you this height happened I know these are the consequences, but I enjoyed, and I kind of agree also with them, the way that they've gone, especially the first three episodes. I said here, if this was the Mandalorian or something like that, those three episodes, they would have done it in a 30 minute episode. Like this is the new character. He goes to a planet to meet people for a heist and here it is. So, but we got three episodes to kind of know all the characters and all the setting. But by the time we get to episode seven, seven we kind of know what's going on. And I agree with you. They would have said, yeah, Mon Mothma, 
you saw in the trailer, that's everything you're getting. It's like, uh, really? No, that's not what this show should be about. We talked here before, and when this show was announced, I said, what I want to see is the empire being the empire, the normal people working in it because it's their nine to five job. And we're seeing that, especially with Cyril Khan and the way he is now. So seeing both sides, it's not just the rebel side, but also the imperial side. And yeah, once you you steal some money, that's what that's when they get angry because they've been losing all these artifacts. But as soon as you take their their credits, like whoa, 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 we gotta close that fist. Yeah. But Andres, as we, I'm gonna be jumping a little bit. We gotta go to the ending. Let's start with the ending because that's where a lot of people are kind of focusing. And again, you mentioned your show, so I'm sure you're spending a lot of time on it. <laughs> but we get Andor. And again, if you're watching this, you've watched the show, the episode. So the heights happen. The Empire kind of said, okay, we're done playing. We're going to show our force. Uh, but for Andor, he's like, I just stole some credits. I'm just going to retire, go to this paradise. Like you said in one of your tweets that a lot of us know this beach paradise that you think you can just escape, but the police presence doesn't let you. But he thinks he's, he's scot-free. I got my money. I found a new girl somewhere, we're partying. I'm just gonna go to the store. And as soon as something happens, they see someone that kind of looks like he shouldn't be there. What are you doing here? I'm just gonna read real quick what the, the trooper tells him. Uh, oh, you're sweaty. Are you part of it? Uh, why are you running? Uh, tourists don't run and then calm down, sir. And that's the one we've heard a lot from people when they get confronted by police. Oh, calm down. I'm just talking, oh, calm down, calm down and everything goes mm -hmm. off the rail what was that scene like for you not just personally but also seeing something in star wars that relates so much to real life yeah it uh it definitely made me like perk up you know what's interesting is with episode seven it's it's the beginning of another arc and presumably this is like a prison arc because that's yeah. where he's going um mm -hmm. but i did not expect to be like standing up <laughs> like in my seat so much at the end because yeah you go you go to the the end of the first episode in the Aldani raid and you're like okay I get what's happening but like show me the next episode or yeah. like I'll wait um so from a show perspective it was very much like okay they're gonna go there like this is definitely a political show and it just happens to be themed with Star Wars characters and blasters um as someone who also does like a little bit of like protest photography and working mm -hmm. with different nonprofits, like it was also so fascinating how real and believable that exchange was, yes. even though it was happening in space, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to change too much to, to make it believable for us for like a space show. Um, yeah. And, you know, I like during the 2020 protests, like for folks who don't know, I'm, I'm a first generation immigrant, so I'm, I'm naturalized all that fun stuff. But like, the Trump administration would challenge people's naturalization papers. Mm -hmm. So there was more than one occasion where I had been at an action or around different groups and knowing that police were coming, put me in a spot where like, I would tell my partner, like, Hey, we, we have to go. Like she was born in Chicago and has her birth certificate and all that mm -hmm. fun stuff. So I was like, you're fine. But like, if someone decides to do what that judge did in the end of Andor yeah. episode seven, um, you know, I mean, she says, take it up with the emperor, right? Like, it could have been a clerical error, but, like, you're going to have to go through the court system like everyone yeah. else if, if you want to. Um, so, yeah, that was very much a moment of, like, okay, 
like immigrants are writing the show like Diego Luna isn't just an executive producer to have his name on there mm-hmm. like there are conversations that are being had about how do we let people know that like empire is this sinister thing that most people don't feel until it's right up on you right like yeah. andor really thought that like he's just back to like he found his new bix he found his new ferrix like that's <laughs> just where he's going to hang out and you know now that insidious empire that he's like i'm not really fighting but i'm not really proud of them either um has literally thrown him into a cage for thinking that he could just you know dance through that middle mm-hmm. line yeah <clears throat> he heard that <clears throat> that theme music going into Niamos and he thought i'm scot-free i'm just gonna have some party some copacabana music everything's fine but you, you know, there was the- some probe droids flying people weren't happy uh, Amy, thanks for being here. Here, Amy Guerra, our friend. Yeah, and like honestly, the last time he heard that song, he killed some corpos and got in trouble. So, like personally, <laughs> if I heard that song, I'd be like, uh, I'd go somewhere else. Like, why not yeah. Hoth? I know he's Spanish, yeah. but like Come he could have just sure. been hanging out on Hoth. Yeah, some cool coats. I'm sure they can keep him warm. Yeah, yeah, we've seen Rogue One. I know he's got one of those coats <laughs> out guess, there. Yeah, with that fur. Um, it's, I mean. It's not funny, but I was on another show yesterday for the Geeky Waffle and uh, Space Waffles. We'll come out at some point later. And it's how real this show is in terms of showing what's happening in real life from the past, from right now. Some of the hosts from that show are from Iran and know what's going on now with the Iranian people and all the protests there. Another one of the hosts is South Asian with her parents and her grandparents having to immigrate because of things happening down there. So it's how this show has impacted a lot of us as Hispanics, I know. You see me for the first time, I'm just a regular white guy, but I'm from Puerto Rico, and as soon as I open my mouth, people start asking, are you Italian, are you from this, where are you from? I've been asked, not menacingly, but hey, do you need a green card? It's like, "Eh, no, we're natural American citizens as soon as we're born, even if we want to or not. So, But I haven't thankfully been to that extreme that Cassian went. But it's always there. As soon as you open your mouth, I might look like this, but as soon as I open my mouth, people are going to, okay, wait, wait, where is this guy from? Is he supposed to be here? And sometimes the eye starts kind of looking kind of with the corner of the eye. So it's how this show has impacted a lot of us, a lot of people, from different reasons. All the rebellion, all the police brutality, we've seen it or no people have been through it. But it's no, not have been like, it's just hammering over it. Like, come on, it's not sincere. It's like, they know what they're doing. Like you said, with um, Diego Luna being one of the producers and other people, it's, they know what they're doing to show this. Yes, it's Star Wars, but it also impacts real life. And I think they've been doing a great job. Yeah, I, I think like, that's, that's the one thing that I love talking to Star Wars fans about of the, the more you try to overlay those lessons, like the, the original trilogy is referred to in universe as a galactic <laughs> civil war, yeah. right? Like military property gets blown up. Like people who just got recruited and, and went into the empire because they have dental or, you know, whatever benefit mm. you want to give them, like they will all go to war. And like, that is because things like this are happening. And, you know, maybe, maybe this is a great transition to the ISB, but like Deidre sees it. Like mm-hmm. the empire is really full of itself and like, we're, we're totally prepared for this moment. Yeah. And Deidre in that whole scene. And even as her like attendant and stuff is, is asking like, Oh, you don't look happy. She's just like, yeah. this is what they want. Right. Cause mm-hmm. before the rebellion propaganda could have been seen as just propaganda. Like 
oh yeah you say they're bad but like Ferrix has never been happier or whatever mm -hmm. and like now that that table is going to start getting flipped and the rebellion can now legitimately point and be like hey half of your friends have been in jail for 10 years because they were jaywalking mm -hmm. near something that was deemed anti-imperial and then just got slapped with a six to ten year fine or like sentence um and yeah it's it's becoming really brutal but that is what it's going to take mm -hmm. and you know if you read the books and stuff there's constantly mentions like if you've seen rebels there's constantly arcs where they're breaking into imperial prisons and like andor is just laying that groundwork of like there's a reason the rebels are always going into prisons because uh a lot of people got imprisoned right yeah. up until that period for yeah if i'm not mistaken they take political prisoners in rebels i think they took a governor or something from one of the planets so it's there yeah it's animation it's a kid show it's got cool lightsaber fights but it's there here it's right in front but yeah let's go right into the isb because that's where it all starts it's okay we've left some other things pass we lost 80 million credits they hit us where it hurts attacked us directly. It's not that they stole one thing from wherever. So we have that great scene. Okay, Yularen comes in. We'll talk about him in a minute. I missed it. Call me a fake fan. That's fine. I was more interested in Deidre deciding which of the two similar codes she was going to get. But that's why I say that Deidre is my favorite character of the new ones, even though she's one of the bad guys. Because she's real. And she's, like you said, since the beginning of the series, she's, she knows. She's the only one in the know that doesn't take this like this. Like, no, they have a plan. This is how I will do it. Take a little bit from here, a little bit from there. And when her assistant, oh, you're not happy. No, this is what they wanted. It wasn't just a robbery. It was an announcement. Oh, we're here. But everyone's, oh, no. They took our credits. We're going to close our face. Our press is going to be everywhere. Triple the sentence of everyone. That's what the rebels want because now they can point to us as being the real bad guys. That's what they want. And I love that she's the only one that gets it because it shows her thinking as a rebel, not as, a, not as an imperial. And then I also love her. The actress is great. And then the guy that plays Blevin, the other guy. Oh, yes. I, love, I love that scene because if you've worked in a job environment with different managers or whatever, you have those type of meetings that someone wants to bring something in. Oh, this isn't the place to talk about it. Let's talk about it in private. And then, oh, do you think this is the right venue to express your grievance against a fellow whatever supervisor? Oh, yes, yeah, she's overstepping. And then she throws it in his face. Oh, I love when Partigas kind of goes, oh, Deidre, do you mind having your... Ah, whatever. Yeah, your your integrity ventilated. <laughs> yeah, in public or what? I love that scene. All the ISB scenes are great, but I love that. And then she gets what she wants at the end, which is kind of overview of the, the Molana sector. But then he goes, hey, great job, but watch your back. We might all be working together, but he's coming for you. But are you enjoying those scenes? Because we're getting to see not just political side in the Senate, but how the Empire works, their inner work is with the ISB. It doesn't have to be the Palpatines and the Tarkins. It's the real job that's happening. I love those scenes. Yeah, yeah. I have been really enjoying those scenes. Um, I think for me in Episode 7, seeing that kind of like office politics <laughs> play out um, was just really, really fascinating. Um, specifically because like Blevin is so by the book right yeah. and, and he's kind of worked his way up there he's got his mm -hmm. sectors and whatever but deidre is exactly who the isb needs and mm -hmm. 
you know, again, we're talking about villains. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that means something that she's exactly who the ISB needs. Um, but she makes a lot of great points. And again, it speaks to like, it bleeds over. And it's like, are we talking about star Wars or is this real yeah. life? Cause you know, she challenges all the supervisors of, do you really think the rebels care about the lines that we draw on maps? Right? Like, Oh, they're, yes. they're not attacking bases because like, Oh, we hate supervisor Blevin. So we're going to go ahead and, and make his life a mess. Like, no, they, if anything, they probably know that you've structured yourselves mm -hmm. based on these sectors. And Deidre's the only one who's figured it out of like, they're taking a little bit from each spot. So none of you think it's a big deal because it's one star path. It's yeah. one like crate of proton torpedoes or whatever, yeah. but you turn around and suddenly they have enough to like take care of a whole army. Mm -hmm. Right. And it really just kind of shows of, of the empire's not ready. The empire does not know or, or like see it coming. Um, but Deidre is super aware and she's seeing those, uh, those kind of deficiencies, right? Mm -hmm. Like even when everyone else, like the empire is so much about um, hierarchy and respect that even when she makes the suggestion that they shouldn't be thinking about the sectors as like individual things, they're mm -hmm. all kind of like put aghast and they're just like, <laughs> Oh, but uh, Colonel Pettigrass made that. And she's just like, yeah, as, as an organizing principle, yes. not your little personal portfolio or <laughs> whatever you think this is. Yeah, I love that scene because it kind of he thought Blevin, oh, I'm just gonna say Portugas drew that he's our boss. You you can't say that our boss was wrong. The rebels don't care. Like you said, uh, lines on a map, who cares? We're gonna jump right through them and get what we want and just kind of spread it, which is the same thing, like you said, you're taking a little bit from everywhere, and then at the end when you bring that together, it kind of forms something. In Rebels, they did the same thing. They stole some fuel for from here, they stole a ship from here. And whatever, when you start bringing all that together, oh, actually it meant something. Yeah, she's the only one that notices and that's why I love her so much. But then moving forward, I'm guessing for the next few episodes, now that she has the Molana sector and Ferrix, she'll start looking more for the NS path, know that Cyril Khan was involved with it, brings him into the fall, gets him out from his new cubicle. And now that two of them together are gonna create chaos going after Cassian. Yeah. I can't wait. Cyril is the hype man that Deidre needs. Like <laughs> yes. she has her she has her ISB assistant who like, you know, follows He's orders. Just taking notes. Yeah. Yeah, takes notes, like is willing to support her or whatever, but I would love for her to meet Cyril and Cyril be like, "Oh, an opportunity to go catch these yeah. bad guys and I'm, just Exeron." I'm sure that that's going to happen. It's going to be great. Oh man, I can't wait. It's worked great for both of us. Like you said, he need, she needs someone to kind of push her in the right direction where everything was going and give her a focal point and or this is the guy we need to go behind. And for Zero, it's just finding someone to, yes, I can attach my anchor to this person. She'll take me out from here and I'll be able to expunge my record because I'm so angry. So they killed two of my coworkers and the other guy, dude, just sit on your cubicle and find out the, the fuel concurrency purity. or fuel purity or whatever. <laughs> What's the, the Bureau of Standards? That sounds so bad, but that's yeah. that cubicle. I said it, that's a cool setup. I don't know, it's I really like nice. It. And 
judging by you know haven't been able to see the the cubicle up close but um <laughs> that being said i feel like when i first saw it i was like oh that's definitely one of those ergonomic like sport <laughs> keyboards too yeah so i was like that must be a very comfortable place to spend eight to nine hours or so mm -hmm. yeah probably more they won't let you go out when they pull back it's just filled with cubicles no windows anywhere probably tell you, you have 30 minute lunch and you gotta eat at your desk yeah, it's know. probably a droid that brings it to so you can't even make conversation. It's yeah. just like, here's your sandwich, and like it just moves on. Yeah, and you don't even get to, cho to choose this. Every day they'll bring you something. You got to eat it. Yeah. Right. This guy, Reeves, Scuttlebutt Podcast is here. Probably Ro. How are you doing, Ro? Thanks for joining us. Let us know in the comments your thoughts on Episode 7. I know he's been enjoying it. But we talked a little bit about Andor and how he thought that just getting 30,000 credits, that was his card, I believe, was going to save everything. I'm back on Ferrix. I'm paying my debts. I'm taking my mom out of here. I'm going to go to Big's house, see what happened with that crazy bro boyfriend that tried to kill me. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing here? You don't know what you brought. The Empire's here. They're not. They're taking things serious. And he's like, ah, don't worry. We'll just go out and do it. Everyone might turn you in right now because we're all suffering. He's like, it was just a robbery. Mm -hmm. So did you enjoy that scene within him and Mira with his mom kind of, hey, let's go. And she's like, I can't. What happened on Aldani kind of boosts me up. I finally have the courage again to walk down the street where my husband was hanged. And Andor doesn't understand it. No, let's get out of here. And she's like, no, if they can fight and be courageous, I can stand here. And I'm like, okay, this is it. This is what's going to turn Andor into the rebel. And no, he's still like, I don't get it. I'm leaving. I'm like, dude, come on, that rousing speech. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I especially love the acting because, you know, no one knows where Andor went on Ferrix. They just know that the Corpos came and, like, mm -hmm. he just hightailed it out of there. So yeah. the acting in that scene is incredible because Marva is telling Andor, right? Like, have you heard about the Aldani heist? <laughs> so inspiring. The mm -hmm. Rebels did it. And, you know, like, she doesn't know what it cost yeah. for that heist to succeed. And the Empire doesn't know because even the news reports are like, we're still finding we need information. We need to know who was behind it. But like as the audience, we know only three people even made it out. So mm -hmm. it's it's this very like they barely made it out. And the Empire thinks that they're hunting down a, a well-regulated <laughs> militia or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's like Marva's inspired. Her acting is very much like I'm ready. Let's go. If they can do it, I can do it. And you can see in Diego Luna and Andor's eyes like what it took and he's like okay that's great that yeah. you thought it was all that but like we literally barely made it out with yeah. our lives so like this isn't the victory you think it is this isn't the war you think it is um and you know uh as a typical like spanish son he, he <laughs> couldn't tell marva that he was yeah. just like i'm not gonna tell you why i don't believe that i just yeah. want to let you know that i don't believe that mm -hmm. uh and, and then just decides to move on so it's very like it is very interesting because it, it just reminds me a lot of how media covers these victories or these movements mm -hmm. and then what it actually feels like to to go through them um because yeah it's it's not easy work but you know if you read the history books like rosa park refused to get up and then like equality happened right <laughs> like, kumbaya everyone's holding hands and we're all happy yeah, yeah. Every, everyone saw the error of their ways and, and was <laughs> like no no we need to we need better laws but the like, next bars that came around everything was fine <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yeah, it was it was very interesting to see how that plays out, and especially for like, 
for someone like Marva to still be inspired because I, I want to know more of that flashback. Like, what was she doing with Clem back when they were running around? Yeah. Because she knows about hard lives. She knows about hard choices. And something about the Aldani heist still made her ready to get either back into that life because, you know, she's always had her guns and stuff. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was just very, very well done acting. Yeah, it was great from both sides. And like you said, we don't know too much about her past, Mariva and Clem. We see them, they saw a wrecked ship basically went in to grab something. The separatists were coming or the Republic at that point, they grab and or hightail it. And then we know that Clem got shot trying to stop people from throwing rocks at clone troopers. We don't know how involved they're being in this rebellion or whatever. It seems, seems like they're very into it. But like you said, it's for Andor, it was a robbery. Only three of us made it out. I almost died because I got betrayed by this guy after we made it out. Freaking Skin kind of killed me because he didn't care. He's fighting his own rebellion against me, against everyone else. Yeah. I don't want to keep going through this. I got my cut. Just get out, get out of here. But then I love her when he's kind of saying, oh, but what's what's here? What's, what's keeping you here? She, oh, the rebellion. And for him, he, come on, you can't fight them. And she said, I can't do that if I don't stand up or something like that. It's like, oh, she's ready to go. But then we learn more about that flashback. I'm gonna guess all 10 years ago or something. The empire is there on Ferrix, has to be real, real close after Order 66 because they're still clone troopers, or at least the armor, they weren't stormtroopers. On Ferrix, claims kind of, hey, stay here, I gotta stop this. And unfortunately, wrong place, wrong time. We've seen that before. Uh, rock goes flying through the air, and then four clone troopers turn around and didn't shoot him, hang him, and I don't know how many more people. Pretty severe to see that, and also yeah. kind of shows why Andor might not be ready to join the fight at this point, because he knows what happens, right? My dad got hung just because he was there. What is going to happen when they figure out that I was one of the three that robbed them? Yeah. So I, even though I just said, hey, how didn't Marva's speech kind of propel you to join the rebellion or, or stand up? On the other side, okay, I kind of understand. You've seen what happens when people stand up and you're kind of in the middle of it. So I understand why he just, hey, I did my part. I got lucky. I just want to go and party. And then we know what happens over there, unfortunately. Uh, so let's finish up with... Um, or the uh, what's the name of the planet? Niamos. And then we'll keep going because he's there. We get the, a bunch of aliens. I've been calling for my aliens in Andor. We got them. And I love that that scene, I don't know how many millions had to go into because there's aliens everywhere. Uh, said that they constructed outside in this Euro European country for like a minute, minute and a half scene because it's not that long. But they went through all that trouble, flew all the crew overseas, came up with all these alien designs just for five minutes. I mean, two minutes. But I love everything about it. And then we get the KX, which let's just call them the K2 droids, right? We yeah. love K2, but this is this wasn't him. And it goes again, this he has this short trooper. What are you doing here? You're sweating too much to be a tourist. I just want to go to the store. It's right there. I don't care. Hang him or hang around. And he just chokes him. Yeah, really? which 
great use of the flashbacks like yes. you know very very restrained very good story writing of like they show us clem hanging and yeah. then that gives you like so much more context when andor like there starts being fear in his voice right towards the end where he's like yes. trying to get the stormtroopers attentions like tell him you meant just like watch. wait around yeah watch yeah. not hang um and yeah it's like he must be when i rewatched the that episode i was like oh this is like mm -hmm. he is reliving that moment and he's like i wasn't even trying to be a rebel and <laughs> i'm gonna face the same fate just mm -hmm. like my dad did yeah i have it here cassian same as empire hang hung his dad same thing and then on the show that was yesterday um nor how our friend that was here a few weeks ago she said great that one of the first time we see this k2 droid grabs Cassian by the neck and then in Rogue One the first time we see in K2 is when he grabs Cat I mean Jean Erso by the neck and then just slams her to the floor to say hey you're being rescued they just love going for next it's, they know it's one of our yeah, weak nice spots. little soft spot <laughs> yeah um do you like I'm sure but because as soon as we get that scene with the ISB and Yularen and then just give me your thoughts on him showing up when they start saying, we're going to tighten our face, we're going to make our presence known, as soon as that scene ends, is when we have, I've heard the name of Luthen's kind of assistant at the shop, that she gets to this terminal looking for Val. That's the first time we see stormtroopers. Like, we're here. Then when it cuts back to Aldani, that's when we get this, this Star Destroyer. It's now over the planet, and then, of course, the show troopers on Niamos. The Empire didn't wait. As soon as they said, okay, we're done playing, we're going to be out there, boom, they're there, and they're making their presence known as if there is a lot of um, protests, as we know. Mm. We know that two days after protests, the police is going to show up in force everywhere, and of course, by midnight, things escalate. But do you enjoy how quickly the Empire is starting to feel, kind of put themselves out there so people kind of remember that there's the one in charge, and did you get psyched when you saw you, Lauren? Did you know it was you, Lauren, there? I had no idea. So, yeah, we're we're on the same page. Like, every time I see the ISB, yeah. uh, you know, like, which also, by the way, reminds me of the Death Star 2 opening that the oh. Falcon flies in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, every time I see that building, I'm just like, okay, this is Deidre, this is Blevin, this mm -hmm. is Colonel Pettigrass, like... Yularen is there for you know for fans and it's also there to remind folks that like there is another structure and there are other people doing other things um but I did not catch that it was him until I started seeing the tweets of yeah this person and this animated character have the exact same handlebar mustache like, <laughs> oh okay I get yeah. it um but yeah for for me like the the way that they quickly move in um I love that scene and I love how they really spell it out like mm. we know the sentencing thing will come into play at the end of that episode so you you know yeah you get to see it come come into fruition but um the tax part for me is what Ooh, really yeah. made me raise an eyebrow because the the charge is any sector that is known for harboring partisan activity will now be levied like have a tax levied against them that is equal to five times the amount <sighs> stolen we know that they stole 80 million credits so we're talking about like 400 million dollars yeah. credits mm -hmm. um, worth of money that is going to be vacuumed out per sector and you know the way that the empire tells you you're harboring activity is if you like if the bad batch did something somewhere mm -hmm. in the galaxy the empire is going to turn around and be like oh it's because you're harboring them 
and that may or may not be the case, but like they don't get a choice, and now they're yeah. going to be financially under the heel of the empire. Yeah, even when at that same scene, he says, and if you're throwing a not a party, but if there's a celebration or something that the rebels use as a way to get together, do something that counts. And that's what happened to Cassian. Some people were running, oh, you're a part of this. So this used to be six months. It's six years now. He got like three different charges. I can't remember the other two. Mm -hmm. And then almost got, hey, don't fight with the courts because you'll, you'll get another one. Then, hey, just bring it up with, uh, with, the, with Palpatine. Yeah. With, see, see, they know. He was arrested while Mexican. Eh, <laughs> yes, space Mexican. Uh, Mo is adding, they blame everything on the partisans without thinking there could be other rebel groups forming. Yes, it's, that's yeah. why you need more Didras, like you said. Because even Andor made the point when he was being recruited by Luthen of when Luthen's like, oh, you think you know me? And he's like, yeah, whatever. You're partisan. You're yeah. rebellion. Like, I don't I don't care. I don't know. Um, but Luthen is like, I'm not really any of those. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there, there's other squads forming. But the Empire's <laughs> just like, you know, again, parallel to the real world, right? They're just the first scapegoat. Um, mm -hmm. So for the Empire, it's the partisans and the real world. You know, you pick your issue, but we could flip through. Uh, you know, frankly, different Fox News channels and, and find like, okay, it's this group today and it's mm -hmm. that group tomorrow and it's this other group, but like they are they're so eager. Like those ISB scenes in episode 7 is you can tell the eagerness of like they've been waiting for this moment, they've outlined their scapegoats and mm -hmm. now finally things got so bad that they can see like that they can finally say, oh look the partisans say they're here to help you but all they did was use your uh, celestial event to, you know, kill and, and loot and steal. Uh, yeah. And then that's the rationale to then use the boot. Yeah. And if they catch one, they'll say, see, we got it all taken care of. He's a scapegoat. We caught him. The Empire makes you feel safe. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump from there to, to Luthen because he had two great scenes. First, he's talking again. I forget the name of his assistant. But it's like... Clear? Clea, Clea. Thank you. Clea. And I'm sure Mo, Mo will put it on the chat soon. Clea, Clea. It's kind of, and I think he talked about it on the previous episode. Oh, there's, I wasn't careful because Andor kind of knows a little bit about me. And then we say we get Clea kind of going to, to Vel, basically saying, we got to take him out. We can't have Cassian, I mean, Luther on his ear. And, he's, and she's like, oh, what about. Um, forgot the name of her friend, Cynthia. Cynthia, thank you. And yes, Mo, thank you, Clea. Clea, and she's she was a, she's doing her part, sending communications is just as bad as receiving them. We have a loose thread, Cassian Ando, who you know as Clem, can't have him going around. You'll take care of him. Oh, you mean kill him? Well, well, gotta do what we gotta do. Which I'm like, oh crap, this is gonna get serious now. When I saw it, I thought that it was Luthen telling Clea, hey, when you see Val, tell her, tell her she has to take care of, of Cassian. But then I, again, on Space Waffles, they were like, maybe Clea has her own intentions, and this is not part of Luthen's plan. Maybe she just is playing a different game. Do you think that's, did you see it that way? Or do you think that Luthen is just, okay, I can't have Cassian out there because he knows he knows me. He knows what's going on. We got to yeah. get rid of him. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the way that I've been, uh, the framework that I've been using as I go through Andor is 
really this show is about showing us all of the little mistakes that both Andor and the Rebellion are mm. going to clean up by the time you get to Rogue One. Because, okay. like, yeah, to get to that Rogue One Andor who, like, knows how to break into prisons, knows operational security, like, knows all these little odds and ends, like, each episode kind of shows me those mistakes. Like, Luthan in the beginning is telling Andor, like, you shouldn't have a calm, like, don't have something yeah. you can't control, like... And it, it really feels like, um, for me, Clea represents that part of the rebellion where um, they just blew up Edu, right? Like, okay, <laughs> we're not getting communication from Andor anymore. Yeah. We don't need this. Like, let's just go ahead and blow up the facility mm -hmm. and call it a day. Um, Clea is kind of operating from that perspective of, hey, this network is about destroying things and not being able to put the pieces together. Andor could potentially put pieces together. Therefore, he must be eliminated. Um, so yeah, I, I could see it either way, but I think it's, I would be interested in it. And I think it could be more compelling if like Clea represents that kind of knee jerk reaction in the mm -hmm. rebellion that we see in rogue one. Um, cause yeah, cause the rebels pass rogue one, they don't do that. Right. If their friends get captured, the next mission is saving their friend. It's yeah. not loose end, find someone in the prison. Who's mm -hmm. like a DJ type character and has no <laughs> qualms with killing them and mm -hmm. call it a day. Yeah. Uh, scary podcast is adding that Clea seems to be the head honcho. Maybe Luther is the proper figurehead. It might, might be. There's a, I'm hearing this more and more that they might not be at the same page or maybe they're, it's a different type of relationship. I might be right. Uh, they also said when we were talking about the ISB that this will be the first step of dissolving the Senate permanently as we seen the original film when Tarkin announces it. And yes, it's going that way because I will jump into the party in a minute when Mon Mothma and Toy, Ty, Ty Colmar talking, and he kind of says, you might not be too happy with my politics. And there's all these senators that kind of feel the same way. That's when the empire might, okay, we gotta dissolve this senate because too many people out there are dissenting, I guess. But we've, before we get there, we we get this scene with Mon Mothma and Luthen. She goes back, take the the thing, the freaking yeah, the, the painting. Yeah, uh, Perry liked it. I don't think he loved it. And then, oh, was this you? Did you do? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he goes, dude, you know what we were doing? You know what it cost? You weren't bringing in the money that we needed. This is the cost of it. And she's like taken aback, like, oh, I didn't know that we're going to go that far or that we were ready to start. Which, of course, as we go on and we meet So Guerrera and we bring Rebels again, well, everyone uses that tweet about... You know, you lost fighting by the rules or whatever. <laughs> and we see a little bit of that because it's like she wants to do something, but she doesn't want to go, I guess, hit them directly. I don't know what her play is. But I didn't expect that on that this show would bring a new character like Luthen that was going to be so important to the rebellion and so kind of ahead because she kind of puts Mon Mothman in her place a little bit in that scene. But I love also when she says, oh, this is going to get people hurt. And he's like, that's the point. And first I like, took it, oh, dude, come on. You can't say that. But no, that's the point. Because when the Empire starts hurting people, that's where you can, again, hit them. Look what they're doing. That This is what we need to rebel. But she's not at that point. But I love that that we're starting to get them. By the time we get to Sol Guerrera and his more extreme methods, we'll kind of understand why. Yeah, I, I love that scene. Like, yeah, not only for like Luthen just 
putting Mon Mothma in her place and being uh, uh, the line while he's holding the, the cudgel is, <laughs> yes. has anyone ever made a weapon that was never used? Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, again, and or like hats off to the writers, hats off to the producers. Like but that's a, another one of those lines yeah. where it's like uh, Star Wars or real world. Um, yeah. But the acting for Mon Mothma is great because like folks have to remember going through this series. She's an Imperial Senator and Imperial property is getting damaged. Yeah. Like, yes, she's not a fan of the empire, <laughs> but she is also coming from the perspective of she operates on behalf of this government. She, she tries to play within that, that realm of rules. And she, like, I think deep down inside, like she knows that ultimately she will have to cross that line. And I just don't think she was ready for it yet. Like, yeah. Same thing as we've we've been watching her marriage slowly, <laughs> most likely crumble because I don't I don't see Perrin in uh, Return of the Jedi. So yeah. <laughs> she sent him to Alderaan. Just I heard something's <laughs> happening in Alderaan. Just go visit for a few days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Send bail my regards. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, people are gonna suffer. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, I don't think we're seeing it crumble in slow time. I think that's happening pretty quickly. Yeah. But. I love that. Um, yeah, that scene was amazing. Mon Mothma's voice was shaking, like, because again, she's trying on her side. I'm trying to move money. It's diff difficult now because they're watching me at the banks. I'm going to bring someone in to do this. And he didn't wait. He's like, eh, you weren't working. I'm going to take money my own way. Like you said, she wasn't ready for that because she was still trying to play by the rules, move money around before, without people knowing. And they just hit, like you said, an imperial site, which then goes when. We finally get to this party. We find a person she wants to bring in. This other senator, a friend of her, uh, Ty Colma. And he, oh, can I confide in you? Is this person or political? Political. And he's like, oh, let me stop you right there. Uh, you might find my politics a little bit too strong for your taste. And then she goes, well, actually, you've liberated me because what I'm going to tell you, only three people know. And then she doesn't say but kind of wants him to move some money around for this fake charity that she's going to make, which is also something that happens a lot in real life. I'm going to have a charity and I'm just moving money around without people knowing. And usually it's for a bad cause, but I love that whole scene. I love this new character of Ty Coma that, yeah, he's a Senator. He seems to be kind of leaning to that rebellion, but we don't know too much about him. What were your takes on this scene? And then I want to ask you, who do you think those three people are that she's talking about? Because I heard different things. And I have my own personal view of it. Hmm. Did you enjoy that party scene? And she's like, oh, smile, smile. We're going to keep up appearances. Well, I tell you that we're going to take down the empire, but keep smiling. Yeah, I I love the scene. It's very, um, I believe Tony Gilroy did House of Cards. Yes. Um, and yeah, it, it was very reminiscent of like his wheelhouse um, and, and the type of scenes that he's really good at crafting. Mm -hmm. um, like the, the other thing is when you watch it again, every time Mon Mothma's looking over her shoulder, um, Perrin is in a different part of the party and yes. he's talking to someone differently, but he's always <laughs> taking like a second Your or two. Glances. Uh-huh. And like, and just see where she is, who she's talking to. So it's, it's very much like it's well done. It's good writing. Um, it also it really reminded me of like 2016 to 2020 America mm -hmm. where folks are like, Hey, like, how do you feel about this? And it's like, mm, hang on. Like before I keep talking, uh, <laughs> we, we, let me, let me just tell you my politics. Yeah, yeah. different. Um, but yeah, as far, as far as the three people, um, 
I think it's Bale and Luthen feel like two. Mm-hmm. I have no clue who person three might be or is like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm like trying to scratch my head. It's like, it's probably some obscure character, but yeah. I took it very literal that she said only three people know. And I thought she was counting herself. So I thought mm-hmm. it was her, uh, Luthen, and then Clea, because I think Clea knows what's going on. So I took it like just those three people. I didn't go anywhere else. Yeah. But it makes sense that Bale has to be here somewhere. We know he's involved in this since Revenge of the Sith. So Bale has to be one of them. I'm guessing Luthen, and then maybe a third person will be a surprise at some point. But I wonder, um, I scare of I know, it's, it's not Holdo. I know what you're doing. I mean, I don't <laughs> mind. Holdo... Especially in Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Hold is a great character. Yeah, now I would say maybe Leia, because like putting putting the fact that um, the end of the Kenobi series has Bale and um, I forgot his wife's oh, name. Uh, Brea. Yes. Uh, so Bale and Brea are like coming together and recognizing that, okay, Leia can lead in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is like their test because yeah we're we're a few years out from the battle of yavin at this point so she is old enough she we know she's an imperial senator by the time of a new hope so like Mm -hmm. maybe she's a junior senator maybe she's running for office at this point and maybe this is one of those tests that bale is putting before her of like hey you wanted to lead you've already been to fortress inquisitorius so you've seen (laughs) the darkest parts of the empire like you know, I want you to meet Mon Mothma, or I want you to like get her endorsement, or so. like I could see something like that being the setup, um, and then Bale kind of like wink, nudging Mon Mothma, mm-hmm. and saying, "Hey, if if you want to take this to the next level, this could be a person to bring in because the Empire won't be expecting such a new yeah. senator to already be in the deep end." Yeah, I I suck at timelines where they're all over the place. I was Amy. As I think timeline-wise, Leia doesn't get into this until about two years from this point, which I was going to say in Leia, I believe it's in Leia, Princess of Alderaan, she figures out what's going on because on one of the missions, she goes to a planet. I can't remember why, but it's. I think she goes to Crate, and that's why we know she knows that that's a place to go then in The Last Jedi. But it's a place that Bale was using for one of his secret missions or whatever, So, and that's how she finds out that her parents are kind of involved in this rebellion. But I don't know where that fits on the timeline because it's too many, too many stories to keep straight. <laughs> but she's she'll be there soon enough. But I don't know if she's there at the point at that point. But she's getting there. What are you? So what if Scar- the third person's Jar Jar? It's dark Jar Jar, right? That's what everyone's saying. Yeah, I would I would love it for like you know he already learned the Safe consequences house. of Nada of like trusting too much. So like maybe now he's more like I Misa keep a secrets. Um, so then yeah, I exactly. just, she's like, like no, all right, no, I'll, no. I'll give you a test. Give, and tell this you is your I'm last, doing. your last chance, dude. You don't mess it up. This is your last chance. And then he goes with, <laughs> with Perrin to Alderaan. <laughs> Take Perrin with you. Show him, show me your little play, play places over there. Yeah. I think I don't that's going to be my new backhanded compliment of like, <laughs> hey, I have a house in Alderaan like you should go to. Yeah, I got this timeshare in Alderaan. <laughs> I'm not using it this time of the year. Maybe you should go there. For... Yeah. This uh, astronomic, astronomical effect was going to happen soon. It's, it looks like a moon. An extra moon is going to show up. Just wait there. Yeah. Um, but that whole party scene was great. And this episode, 
was a different type of tension, right? Episode six was tension because you don't know what's going to happen with the heights and all the characters. And the tension here, it's what's going to happen with the fallout of it, right? And we see the Empire starting to kind of crack down on everything. We have this spot, and like you said, which I didn't, now that I think about it, of course, that parent was moving. Because every time she kind of said smile, he was either talking to the right daughter there. or talking to, he's there 15, 20 feet away, like just circling them. And she says, don't trust Perrin. She tells Tycoma, don't trust Perrin. So what's yeah. going to happen? It's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. And um, I, I think like final point for me on, on the party is it highlights, um, there's a book called Spying in America. It's mm -hmm. written by Michael Sulik. He actually used to be the director for the CIA um, and would teach people um, clandestine service. So mm -hmm. like how to actually do spy stuff abroad. Um, and a point that he brought up in the book is that like spying is incredibly mundane. Like <laughs> the TV shows, the movies will make it sound like James Bondy and, and cool gadgets, whatever. But like at the end of the day, spying is this really mundane, boring kind of job with mm. a very high cost for failure. And I appreciated seeing Mon Mothma like she is a spy in that moment. Like she's yeah. telling this man how to behave. She's trying to like keep up a persona and she's struggling with it. Like she thought it'd be easy to move money yeah. around. Turns out it's not. She thought it'd be easy to trust people. Turns out it's not. And I just love that we're seeing these kinds of scenes and like, you know, Mon Mothma started that day being nervous about blowing up Imperial stuff. And she ended that day, you know, kind of leaning into it and like, mm -hmm. okay, well you're into doing more than just giving speeches against the empire. So maybe I can do this. Um, yeah. But yeah, but still really kind of struggling because she's telling Tata, uh, Tata smile, but she's not like doing that great of a job as well. Like as they're having those conversations mm. and she's being like standoffish and this and that. So, you know, it's, she's figuring it out as, as she goes. Um, yeah. And it's, it's very reminiscent of like that spy craft. Yeah, you know who didn't get a good lesson on spying? Anakin. That's a callback no. to our, to our, our, our last uh, visit. Uh, yeah, a callback to our uh, Revenge of the Sith watch along where Anakin got called out on his first spy mission. Are you spying on me? Oh, no, you got me. <laughs> it's on spy train. It wasn't my choice. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. Man, he just turned. He turned. Turns quick. But he couldn't. He, Anakin couldn't have served in that rebellion, man. He would have turned. He wouldn't be smiling. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe he would have been too good. Hmm. Like he's like, let's let's just go and like kill whoever we need to. And he'll try to be James Bond at that point. It's like, no, dude, just keep it cool. All right, thanks for joining. Scarus has to jump out. Thanks for joining us. They they have their own show coming up later tonight. Um, but yeah, I think that we kind of covered most of it. We said before this show is doing a great job of showing, yes, this is Star Wars, but everything that happens there happens in real life. And there's different ways that you can kind of react to it. I'm very interested in how the show is going to move forward because there were a bunch of interviews that came out right before episode seven, kind of saying, this is a standalone. So don't expect now that this is going to follow the next two. But it seems like the next few episodes, I guess, is going to be this breakout from the jail cell. I don't know if it'll be two more episodes. It'll be three. It'll be just one and something else. Do you think maybe now that the rebellion made their announcement, that kind of made their first move, are we now going to see that Luthen and Saw 
scene and see what Saul Guerrero and his partisans, what they're doing, or is this still kind of way more closer to the end of the season? I'm hoping that we start seeing Saul, Saul Guerrero soon. Yeah, I'm, I could see it as like a, maybe Saul being his own standalone arc mm-hmm. and maybe Luthen trying to like connect with another cell. And yeah, like I could, I could see it that way where it's like maybe Luthen is trying to find another cell to do another Aldani type action and he stumbles onto Black Squadron and Saw Gerrera, um, but then realizes that that's not the move. Because I keep thinking of um, Mon Mothma's line in Rogue One that uh, Saw's militancy has created many problems. Yeah, And it's like maybe this is what we get in Andor to show what some of those problems mm-hmm. are, but I don't think saw and andor will interact too much like if they do maybe an arc maybe an episode but yeah it it seems like because andor makes the point in rogue one of like mm-hmm. hey we know how to find them we're just trying not to get shot the moment we come <laughs> through so it, yeah, it, last time we saw each other it didn't go well yeah so it leads me to believe either you saw him for a moment and things didn't go out like the way you wanted them to or you've never met him but maybe you heard from luthan or someone else mm-hmm. that Hey, he's a he's a tricky person to like work with. <laughs> yeah, what we talked about yesterday, and I hadn't thought about it. Is now that Cassian Anders in prison, Luther knows that he knows about me and might spill the beans. Let me go find Saul Guerrero to not break him out, but break into the prison to kill him. But maybe through it, he gets out, and they, I don't know, something happens. Well, maybe that's why he goes and finds Saul Guerrero and Black Squadron, and he sends Elio Tutu and his brother. Hey, yeah. I got a little prison you need to destroy over here. And he kills a bunch of people, and that's when the Empire gets even angrier and then kind of leads to Mon Mothma's message. But yeah, so I'm just going to... Two things I'm going to complain about. Not one thing. It's not complain. It's I've been mentioning every time. It's I don't like the way the episodes end because this episode ends with Cassian's in jail. He gets sentenced for six years. Could have been a great ending right there. But then it goes to our friend Cyril, his fancy cubes, pulls out, episode ends. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And I understand. I understand people. I'm not dumb. Might be showing that he has his own type of prison. He's in his own type of cell working that job. Not where he wants to be. Might be there for 10 years. People fall into jobs or that's the whole thing for 20 years. So he might be showing Cyril's own type of prison. I get it. I just, I don't know. It didn't fit. For me, that ending, every every episode ends. I'm like, ah, you should have ended differently. Yeah. But like fair. I said I, last time, I should know about this already. I can't complain because it happens every time. I need to expect it. I got to shut up about it. The last thing, I just want to get your thoughts on it. Are, are you enjoying the music? People are falling in love now that the Spotify released the first four episodes, the soundtrack. Everyone loves the music at the end. Are you liking the music for Andor, does it fit in Star Wars or does it matter as long as it fits with the show? So I'm kind of yeah. balancing it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I have been looking forward to um, the music. I think there was an article that came either with the three episode premiere or right before it um, where they mentioned that each episode will have the intro like reworked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I love that. Like it works for me because it already cues me in a lot to like how the episode will be. I think all the episodes that have like more tension or like the heist episode, the music is definitely much more like ramped up. Mm -hmm. Um, And then all of the other episodes have 
uh, like the the three episode premiere, the first two are kind of sad and somber, and it's really mm-hmm. giving you, um, you know, it's giving you the backstory and it's telling you like Andor's sure. not, he didn't live this nice and privileged life. So I really, I have been appreciating that. Does all the music work for me? I don't know. Um, but I also think this is Disney trying to get away from like the John Williams epic mm-hmm. sweeping scores because you're not always going to have John Williams. And even if John Williams wants to make even a theme or two until the day he dies, like that day will come at some point. So I think this is them trying to explore like, okay, what else can we do? What can we do that's new or different? Or can we find, you know, either can we find the next John Williams or can we find like a suite of, um, producers and then depending if we're making a heist movie we put mm-hmm. this person in or something more emotional we put this uh, composer in so yeah I think they're just they're just playing around and like I I appreciate that I think until we get another movie I am very encouraged by the fact that Disney is playing with different producers and composers and just kind of like shopping around and you know hey if you don't like the the audio in a TV show, like that's fine. You know, like Mando only has two seasons. It's not mm-hmm. <laughs> 28 hours of movies or something that, you know, you have to love that composer. So eh, it like yeah. when it works, it works like Nemo's absolutely like, loved it. <laughs> no, love that every, song. every tweet that's this past two days, every tweet that's about the soundtrack has a little clip of Nemo's playing, yeah. which is it's a, it's a nice one. Yeah. I was like, and maybe I that's, you know, song. I, I know I'm speaking to another uh, Floridian here, but I was like, that I could hear that in a South Florida. I can hear yeah, that in Central Florida. Like, you could play that over the Galaxy's Edge speakers, and <laughs> I wouldn't know the should. difference, right? Dude, they should. When you're walking in, just play that music, get you in the vibe. You're already sweating yeah. like hell. Dude, just <laughs> put a trooper right there at the entrance in Orlando in the summer. Why are you sweating? Are you part of it? Don't get you in the mood real quick. <laughs> absolutely yeah i the thing for me is i've been really enjoying the music because it fits the show you can have like you said this rousing john williams type themes in andor because they don't fit but at the same time if i just listening to a song that just let's say any song from this soundtrack starts playing it's not gonna jump on me oh that's star wars i know what that is because star wars has a certain feel even Rogue One, having Michael Giacchino, it still felt like Star Wars. It had a lot of rousing kind of orchestra and whatever. This show doesn't have it. It's very sci-fi and very kind of thriller-like. So it fits for the show. It doesn't fit really what I think when I think about Star Wars music. But I think it's better that it doesn't. Because, yeah, if it's this type of... If you get the... I don't know, the Jedi theme or something when Cassian shows up, it's, hey, this doesn't fit. Can the Imperial March work when the ISB is there? Maybe, but it might not fit with everything else that's going. So I've enjoyed it. Doesn't scream Star Wars to me, but like you said, that's yeah. probably the point. And it's, it's been working out. Yeah, you know what I um, missed opportunity, in my opinion, is I felt like the music for the Aldanis should have been something closer to like the Cloud Riders from Solo. Ooh, like yeah. with like that choral... Yes, like I and, and you know, maybe it'll show up later because I think, again, that's one of those mistakes where the the rebels in the Aldani heist are using the celestial event as cover, but they mm. don't let the Aldani's in yeah. on the fact that they're doing that. Whereas 
you know, again, you watch this episode is just a big reminder to go watch Rebels, folks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you watch Rebels and what do Hera, Kanan and Ezra do every chance they get? They rile up the locals mm -hmm. and are like, yeah. yeah, you should also fight the Empire. And like, <laughs> yeah. don't worry about what we're doing. But like, yes, you should definitely fight the Empire. Yeah, because if we go back to old Danny, we know the Danny people are going to be suffering right now. They'll take it out on them. So, yeah, and they're going to be like, we didn't do anything. We're looking at the stars. Yeah, rebels. All right, so that, that I think that brings an end to our Android talk episode seven announcement. A great standalone, if you want to call it standalone. I think it was a very good bridge between everything that happens, and we'll see what happens with episode eight. I don't want to start ranking episodes, but so far, Andor hasn't missed. Very interesting to see. We're now in the back half of the season, so we'll see where it goes. All right, and with that, we're gonna jump to our. Other segment, we talk about other things that are not Star Wars, a world between fandoms, and I don't have my graphic. There it is. I apologize always. At the TARDIS, is very loud. But Andres, I don't know if you've watched any of these other shows. Rings of Power is done, so I cannot talk about Lord of the Rings. She-Hulk is done. The only thing out there right now is House of the Dragon. Have you watched House of the Dragon? Are you a Game of Thrones fan? Uh, yeah, so I, I jumped in late to House of the Dragon um, mm -hmm. just because the ending of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, I won. I had it spoiled um, for yeah, me. Oh, I had a... Yeah, I had a coworker back in the day who loved reading the spoiler sites. And literally one day he was just like, I literally, he's very contrarian, love him mm -hmm. to death, but he knew that I wasn't trying to get spoiled. So I, I if memory serves me correctly, he like yelled from a hall across a hallway. I was like, <laughs> this is what happens. And I was like, ah. oh, man. <laughs> um, and then watching it happen on screen, I was like, ah. <laughs> um, so I've you got to send it to Alderaan next time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was like, that's the first time I was like, I need this timeshare. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I caught myself up. I think I started after like episode four or five had mm -hmm. already premiered and was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Um, I I enjoy it, but I'm also enjoying it mostly because I'm casually watching it. Okay, so that's fair. yeah, like I'm not super committed to any of the Targaryens. I'm not like team green or black like <laughs> they're all terrible right yes it's, it's a medieval world yeah. and they're like of course everyone's terrible because people were terrible in medieval times it's like great if that's the case then mm -hmm. i'm rooting for none of them and i'm just trying to see all the deaths <laughs> it's it's funny like that you say that because i've seen that somewhere a few weeks ago people saying that it's difficult to kind of love the show because you don't root for every, everyone or anyone because everyone's terrible and it's right. None of these people deserve the Iron Trap, apart from Viserys, which you can say that eh, you didn't care too much about your wife when she was giving birth. Afterwards, you were, yeah, of course, I always loved her, but eh, save the baby. Wife, sorry, we need an heir. But yeah, no one's, there's no Jon Snow or Daenerys. Whoever you root for in, Ga in Game of Thrones, we don't have that. I love yeah. a bunch of the Targaryens, but yes, they're not the best. But are you caught up with the, the last episode? Yes, yes, with uh, okay. the, the coronation or... Uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. what I like to do here, just not to spend too much time on it, because if not, we'll be here another hour. Kind of three things that we like, one thing that we didn't. I'll start just real quick. I love the music in this episode because it, I can't remember, even though I rewatched it yesterday just to remember the little thing, 
notes. It's like this piano playing, just like three different notes. It just worked great. And they go throughout the whole episode all the way to the coronation. I love the way they use music in this episode. I love the coronation. In fact, seeing all the rows of sword when Aegon, Aegon, the Aemon, I don't know. Names are difficult. No, Aegon, because Aegon, he's, right? he's named after the dude that had the vision, yes. which is why she Allison thinks, thinks. Viserys is yeah. naming him as a, okay, all right, good. Yeah, so Mo is saying, yeah, the, the music builder was so well. So I love the coronation, just the way it looked, because I love fantasy. Fantasy is my favorite thing, and it gave you that kind of feel, this medieval fantasy world that maybe not every, not everything is horrible. So I love all these swords kind of then just falling down as he's walking. Um, I love that good night, Sir Harold, when at the beginning of the episode, when they're, oh, the king is dead. Also, finally, we can move with our plan that we've been working behind the, the queen's bag that she doesn't know anything about it. And then freaking Christian Cole, which just freaking kill him already because I hate him. But then Sir Harold is the only one that hasn't, one of the few that has, has an age, kind of say, I can do, I can be part of this. I'm here. I protect the king. We don't have a king. I'm not going to be a part of this. Take his coat and just walks out. He's like, thank you. There's one good guy. At least there's one good guy in House of, House of the Dragon. And of course, the ending. It's just the dragon comes up. Rainey's had, had, had it. You kept me here. I can't kill you because Game of Thrones happens already, so I cannot spoil that. Can break canon. But I just love that she shows up. It's like, if I wanted to kill you, I could kill you just like that. I'm just going to let you live for a little bit. And finally, Aemon Targaryen, which I don't like. I'm beginning one of those that you love to hate. Like, I'm liking this actor more and more. I didn't like them when they were younger kids. He's starting to grow on me a little bit, the actor. I still hate the character, but I think I'm starting to see where he's coming from. So those are kind of my likes. What were some of the highlights for you this last episode? Um, yeah, for me, I'm going to go with uh, the cinematography. It's It was very dark. Um, there's a lot of, like, people getting put in positions they don't want to be in, and mm -hmm. the camera does a good job of showing you that, like, even when... Rainus is trying to leave and then she realizes she can't and then she realizes that she's near her dragon like yeah seeing those pieces add up um eric and Arik, yeah. uh, and like how the camera just hangs on one of the brothers as he's like i'm not down for this anymore like those moments for me were very much again a reminder of like you're not really supposed to like any of them mm -hmm. um and all of them are making choices that are not great because this episode just solidifies that Westeros is going to go to war um, and, and no one's thrilled about it, but everyone's also like, but I am willing to die for this belief, mm -hmm. whichever side you, you sure. happen to land on. Um, I also love like the theme of just how unsavory all of it was like Alicent wants her son to be in control, but she doesn't want her son to talk to her dad. Yeah. So it's like for me, all of those scenes were like, okay, like, you know, you could just make your friend the queen and, and be done with it if you don't want <laughs> if you don't want your dad's plans Corrupting. to come into yeah. yeah, because he is the hand. So it's like and and she's a queen, which she could walk into a small council meeting if she wanted to, but she's not gonna be invited now that they have mm -hmm. a king and the whole court. Um 
so yeah it was very like i i appreciated that they leaned into it again they're not giving you a hero like mm -hmm. allison is wants her son to succeed but she's not not for the reasons that would make him a, a quote-unquote good king it's it's just because she has her ideas yeah about how this is gonna go yes i watching was watching the episode and like, i was i hate how much i enjoying it because i'm not team green because i hate auto high tower because from Episode one, he's just maneuvering to get first his, his her daughter. Oh, the king is he's not feeling too well. well. Go talk to the king for a little bit. Dude, you're just pimping your daughter. And she's like 14. So you know what he's been playing for, for I don't know, 15, 16 years at this point. So I hate Otto Hightower. Again, the guy playing him is doing a great job. But the episode, just like you said, all the build up. The camera movement, the way that cinematography, cinematography kind of follows the characters, kind of gives you that impression that, all right, people are moving the chess pieces to see which which side they're gonna align with. It's gonna be someone from Allison's family, either it's gonna be Aegon, but is it gonna be what she wants with for him as a you're gonna be a good king, you're not gonna go kill your your cousin or whatever, yeah. or is it gonna be with Otto saying, hey, if she's there, we gotta take her out because she's gonna come for us and they got a bunch of dragons. So I love all that kind of cat and mouse that we got in this episode, even though I hate Kristen Cole. I love that we got to see the twins, Eric and Eric, try to get him, and then Kristen Cole and the Amon, yeah. and Amon trying to find him. And then we get, I love that Eric, I think it was Eric, kind of is showing his brother. Amon is, I mean, Aegon is not a good person. Look where he comes, where kids are made to fight. That's one of his sons. They're just laying there, one of many. And I don't want to be part of it. And then by the end, he kind of rescues Rhaenys. And if you've seen that trailer for the next one, he goes to Dragonstone and kind of pledges his allegiance to Rhaenyra. So I also enjoy that now we have this other, because they took... Uh, Harwin Strong from me, which I love. He's gone. So now we have this other knight on the other side. So it's a great episode to kind of, okay, everything's set up for the finale. Everyone has their dragons. Everyone has their knights willing to die for who they think is their queen or queen. So I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Yeah, fair. Um, I guess like dislike, um, I appreciated the end of it. Mm -hmm. of like the the dragon and and showing up but yeah it was um i dislike it when movies and shows kind of telegraph what's gonna happen so, like mm -hmm. like really blatantly I, I kind of like that whole like oh you have to tease it out but you know <laughs> they were going back to the the sept and i was like this is very uh game of thrones where like they're all in one place and someone's gonna take things into their own hands and <laughs> It doesn't quite play out that way, right? But once once I saw uh, Rainus looking to the staircase, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, everyone's mm -hmm. in one little cramped room and everything's about to blow up. Um, uh, but, you know, because of Game of Thrones, the, the building still has mm -hmm. to, like, survive. But yeah. it's almost the same, like, mm -hmm. shot for shot. So, eh. yeah. When they start making everyone kind of force them into this keep or whatever it's like i was starting to think wait are the dragons kept be under it i think the dragons are gonna be there and that's when i started okay i think she's gonna get her dragon just escape i didn't expect her to just blow up the middle because i thought okay you're there just kill everyone but of okay. course you can because in 200 years game of thrones happens so yeah <laughs> all right um uh, but yeah so far it's been a great season 
tomorrow actually is going to be the finale. So we see, we'll see how, how that ends. Yeah. Or it was yesterday. If you're terminally online, because yeah. someone, someone leaked it and, uh, you know, fans are already talking about it. So yes, I'm glad that I haven't run into any spoilers. I heard that there's spoilers already. Somehow people found out Hopefully entire like, scenes, like entire scenes. Yeah. My understanding is the whole episode is out. I have not seen the whole episode, but I have mm-hmm. seen enough scenes that I'm like, okay, something will happen but i because don't remember everyone's names so yeah. it's like cool no one yeah it's yeah, like two, cool thing two, about everyone uh, has the same name so you don't know yeah it's like oh two blondes are mad at each other okay <laughs> yeah and they all look the same because damon and amon now look if it's not for the eye patch you can't say you can't say i have the same straight hair but yeah all right that kind of does it for our show today thank you andres as always for being here it's a pleasure and great talking under with you. We'll have to do it again at some point soon, like we always try to do. Uh, where can people find you out there? Anything you're working on? Uh, yeah, so folks can find uh, my stuff. I am at uh, AAA underscore Photog. Um, and that's where I post my own. Like I've been doing my own little Andor reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll post yes. them there. Uh, and then for our podcast, that's at Sithy Minutes. We're Star Wars, we're politics. Uh, we weave the two as much as possible. And uh, that is, we have our own Twitter account. The handle's down there. Uh, and then same thing, you can find us wherever uh, podcasts are found and distributed. Yeah. Well, again, Andres, thanks for being here. And Oti will return next week. We hope he had a emergency business travel he had to do. I think Wednesday or Thursday he was told, so he couldn't be here. He'll be back next week. I believe our guest next week will be our friend Buck as we jump into episode eight of Andor. And thanks for everyone in the chat, Mo, Amy, and Ro for being here. Andor's getting heat up. When are we getting saw? What's going to happen? Give me more aliens. Thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next week. As always, stay safe. Be safe. I'm ready for it. Be with you.